0: maybe it's a classic or maybe a flop has katie seen it she probably has not she'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad hey have you seen this this? no katie hasn't seen that hi i'm katie and if i had a nickel for every time someone said to me wait you haven't seen this movie oh my god you need to see this movie i'd be very rich So this is my podcast, where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. Beware, there are spoilers. So know that if you are a loiterer, there you have it. Another one of those greatest hits of words that rhyme with spoiler. I don't know. I don't feel like loiterer really rhymes with spoiler, but I'm going to let it slide. All right. Diving into this week's movie, I am watching Footloose from 1984 for the first time ever. Footloose. It's kind of like that uh, Dirty Dancing type movie or Ghost. I've seen neither of those as well. Please tell me if I should watch Ghost and or Dirty Dancing because I have not seen those either. People are legitimately shocked when I have said I've never seen Footloose, but hear me out. I've never really had a desire to watch Kevin Bacon live in a town where dancing is illegal. But here's the thing. As I've gotten older, I kind of get it. Like, I kind of want to know why he can't dance in this town. And so now I'm going to finally watch Footloose. We've all played Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon, and I don't believe I'm anywhere near being... Maybe I... I don't know. How do you even play Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon? How do you even know if the people who are somehow in connection with him? I I mean, maybe it's possible. Maybe I don't know the correct rules, but I I don't believe I'm quite there yet. Actually, I lied. I think that I can say that I am a few degrees away from Kevin Bacon, and holy s***, my brain... It has exploded. Okay, get it, Kevin Bacon. I have recently fallen in love with Kevin Bacon. Why, you might ask? I'm watching the series The Following. It's a TV show from 2013. I wanted to watch it, and I am loving it. I just finished season one, and I haven't started season two yet, so please no spoilers, especially if I'm a loiterer. I am going to be starting season two soon, and that show specifically made me go, oh my god, Kevin Bacon's kind of a badass. So I want to see Kevin Bacon dance in 1984. I want to know why John Lithgow is in this. I see in this specifically, John Lithgow is one of the actors in this movie, and I love John Lithgow. Okay, Sarah Jessica Parker's in this. Chris Penn is in this as well. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else I recognize, but so far, those are the standouts. Um, This movie is listed as Oh my God, I just pulled up Internet Movie Database and for the first time in literally 15 years, they have updated what their website looks like and I hate it because I hate change but it's listed as a dance slash musical so I'm wondering if there's just music in it or if Kevin Bacon's gonna be singing at me and I guess we're gonna find out the music was some of it oh wait no that's not really that interesting okay never mind I was gonna say oh my god Kenny Loggins did some of the music for this movie which maybe he did but I feel like it's probably just songs in the movie I guess that's remained to be seen so I'm very curious what the musical aspect of this movie will be I know know that it's like you're not allowed to dance in this town and you know what Kevin Bacon does I I think he dances So that's what I'm preparing for. There to be some moving and grooving, but it's illegally done. And my prediction is that by the end of the movie, everyone will see that dancing really isn't that bad. So the town's just going to be a dance fest since Kevin Bacon's going to unlock that potential in said town. That is my prediction about this movie. We started doing this. I'm looking up the box office. This movie had a budget estimated of $8.2 million dollars. That is a lot of money for 1984. Worldwide, this movie grossed $80,039,064. What? That is a lot of money, okay? I mean, go for it, Footloose. Shake those dancing shoes. So before I fall down that rabbit hole of reading too much before I watch this movie, there are the people also ask questions on Google. And one of them is, is Footloose a true story? And I'm not going to click that because I don't want spoilers, but is Footloose a true story? Okay, before I dive into this. I'm recording this at 10 o'clock at night because I won't lie to you all. I thought I had an extra week because I went away for a weekend and now I'm back and I'm like, oh, bugger, I got to get a movie for you all. So here comes Footloose. I'm kind of excited about watching Footloose, though, because I've been really enjoying the following and also Sean Ashmore's in it. And if you know anything about me, you know, I love Sean Ashmore. So I I have to say, like, watching that TV show has opened up my eyes to wanting to see more from Kevin Bacon. So without further ado, let's get the ratings for this movie. And boy, oh boy, these are not hopeful. It has a 6.6 out of 10 from Internet Movie Database, 52% on Rotten Tomato, and 42% on Metacritic. But let's see what Google users have to say. 83% of Google users like this movie say, Google users just seem like ride or dies. They're just kind of like, you know what? I got your back movie, except those very few times Google users do not have a movie's back. But most of the time, Google users are pretty laid back. All right. I'm going to go watch Footloose. I'm going to kick off my Sunday shoes, G's. Louise, because there's that song that I've heard a billion times that's from this movie. Footloose has a song that's essentially like the Ghostbusters song, which if you think about what the Ghostbusters song is and the lyrics to it, it sounds like a crazy person wrote it. Ghostbusters in your neighborhood. And there's something strange. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Like, just think about that song without a movie being attached to it. And you tell me that doesn't sound like some who may have been off their rocker a little bit so this movie also has a song attached to it footloose we've all heard it and i'm gonna go watch this movie and finally learn the origin story of the song footloose Yes, <laughs> who's back it's me and i watched footloose kick off your sunday shoes um all right i guess let's dance our way into this I stayed up late last night and I watched Footloose. And you know what? I have thoughts. So let's figure out those thoughts. Where do I even start with Footloose? Let me tell you. This is like one of those jukebox musicals where they just insert popular songs from the time that this came out. This came out in 1984 and boy, did the music reflect it. But I kind of dug the music in this movie. I've never loved the song Footloose, but I have to say it was bold. It was a bold choice of theirs to play the song three separate times in this movie. At the intro, at the, the bar they go to, like halfway through the movie, and then another dance sequence at the end. And I just remember sitting there like, all right, this is how we're going to do things around here. So Footloose, I watched it. We dive into the movie and I'm like, okay, dancing's illegal, but also John Lithgow is the preacher in this movie and he is intense as hell, which is an oxymoron, but it kind of works. John Lithgow's whole arc in this entire movie is just him coming to realize like, am I being too hard on the kids and the dancing and the sins? I didn't expect there to be a sin factor of how the rock and roll music and dancing was part of why it was illegal. I thought, I I don't know what I thought. I just thought it was like a post-apocalyptic kind of like, we don't dance in this town. I didn't expect there to be a Jesus piece of this, but you know, it kind of makes sense. John Lithgow was so young in this. And I have to say, for a movie from 1984, it looked fairly modern. Just like the styles and stuff weren't as, like, drastically 80s as some movies I've watched from the 80s have been. So, along with that, though, Kevin Bacon is supposed to be playing a high schooler in this, and so is Laurie Singer, who I think plays Ariel. Neither of them look like they're high schoolers. I personally feel like they look their age, because I looked it up. Am I the only person who does this when I'm watching a movie? I'm like, how tall is Kevin Bacon? How old was Lori Singer in Footloose? Like, I'm that person who's Googling fun facts about the actors because I get curious. So Kevin Bacon was like 26 or something in this. And I mean, not in a disrespectful way. He looked young. He looked vibrant. He looked good, but he did look like he was in his twenties. And I was like, I don't believe that this kid is like 16, just moving from Chicago and starting new in this little town in Oklahoma. So I don't know. I thought that was interesting because I I didn't feel like they looked like high schoolers. But in some ways, you know what? That's all right. I have to talk about Ariel, though. Okay. She stressed me the... She was taking risks and she was the the whole scene with the semi where she's crawling across the car to get into the truck with Chuck and the semis coming at them. And she's just like kind of doing I'm king of the world movement. And literally I was sitting there like, oh, my God, please just get into the truck. And over time, like she ends up standing in front of the train with Ren later on at the warehouse. And I was like, what is wrong with this girl? Turns out her papa don't preach. Uh, is John Lithgow is the preacher character and legitimately you know she's dealing with the whole I'm the preacher's daughter but on top of it the reason I think the the dancing and rock music is kind of outlawed is because her brother, the preacher's son, died in an accident because of the rock music and the dancing that. I think they were dancing and driving home and they got into an accident. So I was like, why is Ariel like suicidal and taking these impulsive risks? And over time, I was like, all right, I kind of see why. And I have to say, Footloose is more nuanced than I expected it to be. There is less dancing than I thought and more weird little nuances about character growth, which I'm not mad at. I have to say, As I'm going through this movie, I just like didn't know what to expect at any point in time. There was a tractor chicken fight at one point when Ren is the new kid in town and Chuck doesn't like him. So he challenges him to a tractor chicken fight. And some of the stuff was actually kind of funny. And I didn't think that this movie was decent. But I think I kind of really like Kevin Bacon, guys. I think Kevin Bacon is is a good actor. And I very much enjoyed his performance in this movie. This movie just kind of throws you in with the whole religious thing being like the starting point and john lithgow giving like this sermon about the devil's music essentially and then you meet ariel and you're like oh that's the daughter and then you meet ren who just moved to town with his mom and you're like oh they're gonna hook up at some point and it's just essentially like meeting all the characters and now that i'm thinking about it there was like several different plot points that were running throughout this whole movie and it kind of worked however i still have thoughts about this i have a lot of thoughts about footloose Like, there's a point after Ariel gets across the car in this very dangerous situation with the semi coming over, she goes to, like, a drive-in with Chuck and her girlfriends pull up and they're, like, mad at her for, you know, almost killing them because of the semi. But she gets, like, a boombox out and starts playing this song that's, like, dancing in the sheets or something like that. So it's, like, a salacious song or whatever. But literally everybody in the drive-in could hear her playing this song from a boombox on the hood of a car. So people in the bathroom, people cooking in the kitchen, everybody outside. And I have to say, there's a lot of, okay, there's not as much dancing in Footloose as I thought. And the dancing that was in it was kind of weird. It was, it's like, maybe I'm used to things like step up and so you think you can dance and dancing with the stars where it's just kind of like ballet type stuff. And I feel like Footloose, I was like, this is more realistic because I can't dance very well. And they're just kind of moving weirdly about. So I guess that makes sense, but I'm also like, who's dancing like this, like, ever in any situation? And so it was just interesting to see what the dancing was maybe in the 80s. Is this how people danced in the 80s? Like, I I don't get it, but I also don't know how to dance, so you know, I gotta respect it. But she's playing the music on the hood of this car. John Lithgow, Mr. Preacher Man, rolls up and it's like, he turns off the radio and it's just, he's oozing disappointment and he gets his wallet out and he's just like, he turns to Ariel, um, your mother thought that you didn't have enough cash. So I brought you some money for the diner. And then he just leaves. Overall, I have to just say Ariel's whole storyline is a wild trip. And the whole ending of this movie is just like (laughs) everything worked out. And I was like, can we talk about Ariel's physical abuse throughout this movie, because there's a point where the, the dad, John Lithgow, is just like mad at her for not communicating. And she's kind of like sticking up for herself. And he smacks her across the face. And then she like decides she doesn't want to be with Chuck anymore because she's kind of seeing Chuck. And she's like, I'm going to move towards Ren now. And then Chuck literally beats the sh- Out of her to the point where she's like bleeding and like he's punching her. Granted, she picks up a pipe and starts hitting the front of the pickup truck that he's driving, and they're just hitting each other. And like, I just like how it's all kind of like glossed over in some ways, and it's just like. She's just being, like, kicked around, punched around like a like a, a bag in a boxing gym. And I just felt like that was very intense. And honestly, this movie had more themes to it than I expected it to. I thought I was in for a time of just happy-go-lucky dancing and maybe, you know, bring in the magic of tap dance or jazz dance to a, a small town in Oklahoma. Instead, I got served a hot plate of religious tension physical and emotional abuse and small town problems uh, that eventually did evolve into no, you just have a party and then everything's okay, essentially. So not only is kind of like rock and roll music and dancing an an illegal thing to do, it's also kind of a sin. And so this whole movie is just about Ren trying to show people like, I'm from the city, I'm living life to the fullest, and I am going to show you all how to dance. And how dance can be everybody's favorite release to get stress out or something. I don't know. I have to say, this whole movie just was weird. It was a weird movie. And as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I can pick up on some of the themes. It had a lot more depth to it than I expected. However, there is a turning point in this movie for me. And it's when Ren kind of gets confronted about bringing problems to the new town from his uncle. So he goes to a warehouse and he just starts dancing. And I feel like this is one of the most iconic scenes from this movie, but it was like kind of like flashbacks at first, like he's reliving things and then he starts rage dancing. And then he's just doing like gymnastic routines and then he's swinging from a, a loose wire in this warehouse it's the most random dancing I have ever seen in my entire life. And then he was just kicking the air and then he's doing flips and gymnastics. And then all of a sudden he's just like dancing his heart out to the point of no return. And Ariel just happens to be there. So for me, the turning point of Footloose (laughs) is the warehouse I was really digging this movie up until that scene. It just kind of took a turn there where I didn't think it really recovered from. There's just so many things about that part of the movie that just didn't really make sense. I guess I could see someone going and just like, I gotta dance it out. You know, like sometimes maybe that's your coping mechanism and that's fine. But he was like gymnastics swinging on things and then also like grabbing really dangerous loose wires and swinging like a you know Tarzan on them so I mean there's a difference I think between dancing it out and uh, unrealistic warehouse dancing but also why was Ariel there how did she get there how did she know that he was there I feel like he drew he drove he drove a far away to kind of like go to a private place to play her music and dance and so then it was just like one of those like You kind of have to cannon it out of the head like, maybe Ariel just hangs out in this warehouse. Also, Ariel's very dangerous. I understand. She needs some help, but... I feel like I didn't like her character at all. There was not a lot redeeming about her. She just felt like she put other people at risk, and yeah, she didn't have the greatest home life. But I wasn't really rooting for Ariel and Wren. And I, I don't know. Like when she's standing on the train tracks, I'm like, damn, man! Like she's gotta, she's gotta work on this. She's gotta figure some things out. Also, the editing occasionally was just kind of weird. They would do this thing they where they would show the same clip multiple times. I think they did it during the dancing scene when he did like a. Gymnastics jump, and literally, they showed like the same shot, like in 15 different angles. And then they did the same thing when Ariel's standing on the track, just kind of screaming at the train. And I was like, okay, that's different. Um, But they didn't do it too many times, but they did it enough for me to go, yeah, I don't really like that. Also, can I talk about the names in this movie? They have some of the most interesting names for characters. We got Ren, we got Ariel, we got Willard, we got Rusty. I feel like they kind of got creative with the names, but it was also kind of nice to just not have a Jim and a Sarah, you know what I mean? So one of the things that I thought was interesting is Chris Penn played Willard. And I've only known Chris Penn from the movie Corky Romano, uh, which starred Chris Catan. And I grew up with that movie. It's not a very good movie, but I enjoyed it. And Chris Penn is in it as kind of like a mop boss kind of guy. And I didn't know Chris Penn was in Footloose. And he looked so young. And it was just so interesting. And that was just a little fun fact that I had to share. So essentially, after this warehouse scene, it's like, we gotta get a dance in the city and show everyone that dancing's okay and so the kids you know the kids gang together as the kids do they they changed the world because that's what all the 80s movies taught us is that if you're 16 and you got a big idea you're gonna fix this world and so they essentially try to plan this dance and try to convince the town hall and the city and the minister like hey dancing's not so bad so the rest of this movie is just like essentially Ariel confronting people and getting abused and then Ren teaching Willard how to dance <laughs> It's just the weirdest juxtaposition of concepts. And I just feel like there should have been like a deeper topic or conversation about Ariel and uh, getting out of that really bad place. And I think by the end of the movie, they're trying to say like, look, the minister grew as a person because he, you know, said it's okay for the kids to dance. And, you know, Ariel grew as a person because she realized, you know, now what did Ariel realize? I don't know what she realized at the end. She just kind of got with Ren. And it's kind of that whole concept of if you find love in the right person, everything's going to be great, which reminds me their first kiss. Had one of the worst continuity shots I have seen in a very long time. So they're smooching, right? And uh, Ren puts his hand on Ariel's cheek. And then the, in the next shot, his hand is gone. It's like not even on her face. And I was like, damn, that, you know, how I, you're in the editing room. How do you you miss that kind of thing? Who? How many times do you watch that? However, I shouldn't judge. I've edited things for my Twitter and YouTube and sometimes you watch things so many times you it all starts to look the same. So very well that could have happened. And uh, but I just I had to mention that because I super noticed it. So yeah after the warehouse scene the movie just got a bit long because essentially they're trying to just get a dance to happen so they're at the town hall and they're reading from the Bible telling people like Psalm said that you can sing and dance for the Lord and so it's like trying to convince the religious folks that like dancing's in the Bible which I was like that's an interesting allegory for today everybody like says they know the Bible and then there's stuff in it that contradicts everything they try to force on you but you know that's a that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> I have to say I really appreciated John Lithgow's wife in this movie who I really liked her but I cannot think of her, the actress's name or the character's name in the movie but she was like the strong silent type until she needed to say something and she was sticking up for Ariel and she was saying like you need to calm down and trying to get a hold on people at the town hall and I was like that's a badass woman who's finding her voice and so that's the thing about this movie there's weird little nuanced things that I very much appreciated I kind of like how it was shot. And I thought that the story was interesting. It just went on for too long. Essentially, they got to have a party and the minister was like dancing's okay i guess and then there's a weird fight like chuck rolls up with his his cronies and then willard and ren fight chuck and that's kind of like the big end to the movie and then they just go inside and ren's like let's dance and then there's a really long sequence of some awkward party dancing to yes again the song footloose What I will say about Footloose is it started stronger than it ended and it got progressively worse as I watched it. An hour and 50 minutes? Way too long for Footloose. I think the sweet spot would have been an hour 20. However, I didn't hate it. I feel like people could watch Footloose like one time in their life and be good. And I know they made a remake of this movie. If any of you have seen the remake, is it better? Is it worse? Tell me more. Tell me more. Now I'm talking about Grease. I've never seen the movie Grease. I feel like this is, this episode, of Katie hasn't seen that, is exposing all the things I haven't seen that are like essential classics. But I saw Footloose now, so that counts, right? So, what am I going to give this movie? I am going to give Footloose six out of ten. Kenny Loggins' original songs, because <laughs> Kenny Loggins wrote Footloose, and they melt the hell out of that. They played it three times in one movie, and they were not ashamed about it. Uh, again, there's not as much dancing in Footloose as I thought there would be, and also, like the dancing wasn't all that great in the movie, but. They had fun, and I think that's all that matters. I gotta know, though, if you've seen Footloose, is it a classic that you absolutely adore, or is this a movie you saw and you felt like me where you're like, that was kind of weird, but I didn't hate it, but I also didn't love it. So if you've seen Footloose, tell me what you thought about it. All right, I got some trivia for you, because I I, lately I've been going down rabbit holes after I watch the movies, like looking up how tall Kevin Bacon is, and... (laughs) Also, I found this quote that he said, because I was like, is Kevin Bacon a gymnast and a dancer? Because, you know, the whole movie, he's the, the gymnast stuff in this movie was so out of place. But I was like, maybe it was really popular in 1984 just interesting. I didn't know that gymnastics were, like, so popular in uh, 1984. But, so when I was looking that up, apparently Kevin Bacon did not do all the dancing or the gymnastics. And this is what he told People Magazine. I was furious. It's like a starting pitcher getting taken out of a game. No one wants to be told they can't get the guy out. I had a stunt double, a dance double, and two gymnastic doubles. There were five of us in the... Outfit and I felt horrible damn I didn't I mean that was like kind of a dark quote that I found but I was like all right Kevin Bacon go off I get it I can't imagine being in like you know the jeans and the wife beater and like having four of them around you to jump in to do the dancing and the things that are so iconic in this movie but you know what Kevin Bacon like he oozed cockiness and he oozed like confidence and I was like dude can you like siphon some of that to me because I would love to have that kind of swagger that Kevin Bacon does in Footloose. At the beginning of this movie, there's a bunch of like dancing feet and stuff as the opening credit sequence. And apparently that was filmed 150 different times with different pairs of shoes And the dancers were many of the cast and crew, but the dancer with the gold shoes was Kenny Loggins, a.k.a. the guy who wrote the song Footloose. (laughs) At the beginning of this episode, I was like telling you all what Google users also asked, like, is Footloose based on a real story, a true story? And this is what it says on Internet Movie Database. Loosely based on events that took place in a small, rural, and extremely religious farming town of Elmore City, Oklahoma in 1978. Dancing had been banned for nearly 90 years until a group of high school teenagers challenged it. All right, that makes Footloose just even like a little bit more interesting to me. I don't know about you. This is interesting too. There's a whole locker scene in this where they're like naked and stuff and showering and there's like naked dudes in the background. And this movie was rated PG, which I know the PG-13 rating and all that didn't come into play until a lot later. But apparently in the DVD commentary of this, Kevin Bacon said that the people Who shot that scene nude were paid twenty dollars a piece. Which I'm like, you know what? Get it. But also, like, damn, they should they should have got at least gotten fifty dollars. I think there's some booty in there. And now it's time for some quotes from you all from the last episode where I watched the movie Speed and the first one I wanted to mention is from Chubigans, who said, speaking about the baby carriage scene specifically in Speed, was, I distinctly remember the gasp in the audience when I saw it in theaters, and then the relief and laughter afterwards. Even as a kid, I never forget that, hee <laughs> hee. I was saying that I had not really had a huge reaction to that part of the movie because when they showed those people in speed pushing the baby carriage, I'm like, they look kind of homeless. So when the bus hits that carriage, I I already had an inkling. So I think that I missed out on the shock and awe of that, sadly, because I was just a little too intuitive. But I could see how that in theaters would be an epic moment to be a part of. The second comment from one of you is from Buffalo Warrior 35 from YouTube saying, I was just referencing this movie yesterday. Admittedly, it's been years since I've watched it. I loved it and thought it was a cool movie. I will agree, some of the action is unrealistic. Overall, it is a fun watch, and I love Keanu and Sandra B. I think this was the movie that introduced me to both of them, so it will always have a special place in my heart for that. Awesome review as always, Katie. Keep them coming. Until next time, stay amazing and stay you. Thank you, Buffalo, for listening to the podcast. I am so excited just to read your comments. So many of you also enjoyed that I called Sandra Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves Sandy B and Kanunu in the last episode. So that was also fun to hear and uh, I'm really glad to hear that you're all enjoying the episode. So thank you. Thank you all for everyone who makes comments. Thank you to everybody who gives reviews to the podcast. If you feel so inclined, jump over onto Apple and give the podcast a five-star review and tell me what you think about the podcast over there. It helps me know what you all like and also it helps the podcast out a lot too. So thank you to everybody who even talks to me in Discord and the Katie Hasn't Seen That channel who comments on Twitter and YouTube and all the little places that you can come talk to me about movies It's super cool and I love the discussions that we all have. And with that, there's just one more announcement. Katie hasn't seen that is going to be taking just a short break. I've been doing this podcast for over a year and a half now. I started this podcast during quarantine last year and I've just kept on going and chugging through. And since it's summer now and the world is opening up a little bit more and I have decided that I'm just going to take a tiny bit of time off and do a little bit of a summer vacay. And Katie hasn't seen that we'll be back. There'll be more movie reviews coming your way. And what I need from all of you is your top movies you want me to do for Katie Hasn't Seen That. So tweet them at me, come into my Discord and post the movies you want me to see. And also just come to my Twitch channel and say, Hey, how's it going, Katie? This is what I want you to watch for the next episode of Katie Hasn't Seen That over on Twitch at Katie Peters Plays. Also, if you're missing me, you can still come hang out with me over on Twitch. I post on YouTube occasionally some fun videos as well as Katie Hasn't Seen That. And if you need to catch up on the podcast, this is an excellent time to do so. So in a weird way, I guess season one has wrapped. I'm going to take a short little summer break and then we'll dive back in to many more movies. I would say join Discord because I think I'm going to make a mega list poll of a bunch of the top requested movies for me to do. And I'm going to have you all vote. For the start of season two. So, community choice is coming up in the near future. Thank you again to everybody who listens to this podcast. It means a lot. It's a passion project of mine. I don't get paid to do this. This is just something I do because I love the discussions we have. And I've gotten to watch a lot of movies that I probably wouldn't have seen had you all not given me the push to do so. So I've got to experience a ton of fun stuff over the last year and watch some movies that yes, I've hated, but also a lot of movies that are now incredible to think about how they've influenced some of my favorite movies, as well as just exposed myself to things that I wouldn't have normally watched myself. So thank you all for that. I will catch you all in the next episode. And until the next one, everybody cut foot loose, foot loose, kick off those Sunday shoes. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash plays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at playkatieplay, and on Instagram at katiepetersplays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It, Katie Hasn't Seen That, is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.